Welcome to the Theology Mom Podcast, hosted by theologian Krista Bontrager. Each week, Krista provides practical teaching to help everyday Christians gain a deeper understanding of their faith. And now, here's Krista. Happy Monday, everyone. Thank you for joining me. I am Krista Bontrager. I am a Christian theologian and public apologist. And this is the channel where we talk about the Bible and I offer uh, social commentary from a theological point of view. And this is going to be a really important show. I really hope that you share this show out to your Christian friends, your mom group, your dad group, because we are going to be talking about a topic that really impacts each and every one of us as Christian parents. Now, is it just me? Maybe it's just me. But have you noticed a massive uptick in the last few years from the alphabet agenda being pushed onto our kids? It seems like there is strong messaging everywhere our kids turn to make sexuality the defining feature about themselves which I think is just really weird. Why do we need drag queens on Blue's Clues? I don't know. Let's let's go back in time for a minute. I know I'm old, but remember when we as a society, we thought it was a good idea, a noble idea, to protect children from sexual content until they were older. Remember when parents didn't take their children to see drag shows or expose them to sexual kink or have teachers talking about sex work in the classroom. It's weird. Remember when we told children that if people wanted to engage with them on sexual talk, that they should definitely report it to their parents because those kinds of people were generally considered perverts. Yes, those were fun times. I remember that. Well, fighting back against this kind of normalization of perversion, it, it can be an exhausting as a Christian parent. And that is why I am super excited to introduce you to my friend, Chris Gonzalez from GoodTube Kids. It's an emerging streaming platform that is working kind of on two fronts trying to simultaneously help to resource parents, but also to provide a safe place for kids online so they can they can learn something cool and also grow in their faith. Now, before I bring him on, I do want to ask you to do me a really big favor. You might not know this, but on average, each of these podcasts represents about 20 hours. That's two zero hours of research, writing, and behind-the-scenes efforts, Bob editing them, streaming them, all of that sort of a thing. If you have benefited from these teachings, and if they have helped you grow in your faith, can you please take two minutes of your very valuable time and go to Apple Podcasts and write a review of the Theology Mom podcast? Now, I love those five stars. It's really easy. Just click the five stars. That's awesome thankful for all of those. But what really helps to make a difference 
is when people take a couple of minutes to write out a short review. That doesn't have to be four paragraphs. It can be two or three sentences. But when you do that, what it does is it pushes the message out to other people. And so if, if you think about people in your friend group who are struggling in their faith, people just like that need to discover this podcast. And it makes a big difference to help push that message out for more Christians who are struggling in their faith so that they can be built up, encouraged, and uh, become stronger. Also, make sure to like the stream, make sure you're subscribed, and share this with your friend or family member or group that you think this conversation can help. Okay, with all of that, I want to welcome my friend Chris Gonzalez from GoodTube Kids to the show. Welcome, Chris. Hello. Welcome from Alaska. Yes. Now, um, I know that you're probably in seasonal transition up there. What are the temperatures right now? We are. It is starting to get chilly. So we're having highs in the 50s and we can see the snow. In Alaska, we call it termination dust. And that means that the lightest bit of snow has started back on the mountaintops and it just climbs down, down, down until it reaches us here in the city in Anchorage. But winter is surely coming. Uh, it's a it's a nice brisk 40s, 44 degrees. And uh, we're, we're looking forward to it. I, I do love the winter. I don't mind the, I don't like the shoveling, but I do love the winter. <laughs> well, let's, since you've already started us down the road here, let's start with a short introduction about who you are. Um, I know you've had a recent major life transition. So tell us a little bit about your background. Sure. Well, you know, my background is in law enforcement. I, I spent 19 years in law enforcement and just resigned from my career in the FBI, which was 14 years as a special agent. Uh, here uh, throughout the U.S., I was in San Antonio and headquarters and then in here in Anchorage. And prior to that, I was an agent with the Department of Defense and then a police officer in Texas. I got to really learn learn the streets uh, at Bryan, Texas, after I graduated from Texas A&M, where I met my wife. Uh, we've been together now 19 years this year. And uh, we have a nine-year-old boy, uh, a wonderful boy. And we just have embarked on, I, you know, I wouldn't even say it's a new chapter. It's almost like it's a new book. Uh, we've opened up this book and launching a company because I just realized that uh, the time is now uh, to fight for our kids. And I can explain some more of that. But we uh, we have had a never had a background in entrepreneurship or children's media. Um, but I, I'm a pastor with our church here at Rabbit Creek. Uh, they ordained me back in 2019 and a Christian apologist as well, getting to work with some groups that uh, your audience would be familiar with, Dr. William Lane Craig at Reasonable Faith and Cross-Examined. And so there's a calling uh, to fight for the good, and that's that's what we're trying to do. So you're walking along in your life as an FBI agent. Mm -hmm. I imagine that involves a fat paycheck. And you decide, good. I have an idea. That's right. I'm going to quit my job and start something completely different. Start a streaming platform for families. Is that the kind of the storyline? You know, it, I want to. Yeah, that is exactly. It sounds crazy uh, when you say it uh, and I hear it back, but that's exactly what happened. 
uh, there was this calling to walk away from uh, a very good career. Uh, I was I was really at the height of my career, and a good paycheck, good benefits, uh, great opportunities. But there's a need, and then and the time is now. It, it couldn't wait till I retired. Uh, so January second, I resigned. January third, we launched Good Two Kids. Wow. So you and I meet, uh, you tap my shoulder in a, a line for coffee last November at the Evangelical Theological Society. You introduce yourself, you're starting this new platform. We have a very quick, like three minute conversation in the line and give me your card. And we've just kind of stayed in touch. I've been watching you and watching your platform grow. So tell us a little bit more about Good Tube Kids. And I want to start with why did you start this and did your role, did your background in law enforcement play a role in you deciding to launch Good Tube Kids? So why did I start this is a great question. As I mentioned, we have a son, he's nine now. And about two years ago, he got what we call bit by YouTube. And it's happened to so many parents. Uh, Fortunately, his wasn't as bad as other uh, children have been. And that's when they see something uh, that they shouldn't have seen. Uh, He saw what he described to us as uh, parents. He said the video was parents who hate their kids and the kids had blood on their face. I imagine it was some sort of dark satire uh, clickbait. We never found the video, but it really disturbed him. Why would somebody make this? Unfortunately, I started to find out that so many more children are being exposed to pornography uh, on YouTube and on uh, things like YouTube Kids, which they've tried to rectify. But I started to look around and I said, well, you know, It's my fault as a parent. I should have started you on YouTube Kids. That's a safe platform. And when we went to YouTube Kids, I mean, he was right under our nose when it happened, literally in the living room, on the couch, looking at the sizes of planets as what he was something pretty, pretty safe and healthy. And it happens that fast. You're just one click from disaster. So when I took him to YouTube Kids, the first video it recommended was what it's like to be a non-binary or intersex boy. And then I started to look at the videos that are on YouTube Kids, and it was horrifying. Uh, and it's it's even more dangerous because it says safe uh, for kids, and so parents trust it, and they, they can't, they shouldn't. So then I started to explore the status of children's media, and I looked at, there's some other good streaming companies for youth, but they're, they're so young. They've got content that uh, doesn't engage the kids as they start to get eight, nine, and into their tweens and teens. And I said, why can't there just be good tube for kids? And that was a seed the Lord planted. You know, when it comes to did my FBI career affect my my calling here, it, it was more my pastoral role, my role as a Christian, a husband, a father, and a pastor— but it does play a role in how sensitive I am to the dangers for kids. And I'll give you one statistic that that parents need to hear, when it's, particularly when it comes to social media. So I, there's two types of content. There's this active content that you engage with, like social media, and there's passive content that you just consume, uh, like YouTube kids where you're just watching the videos. And both can be very dangerous. 
But social media, here's the statistic. The FBI and the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children estimate that there are at least 500,000 pedophiles online on the exact same apps that your children are on at any one time. Not total. At any one time, there are at least 500,000 pedophiles. And from my background in law enforcement, I know that they're sophisticated, they're aggressive, they are ruthless and relentless, and they are hunting our children on these apps. So if that doesn't give parents out there pause to think that I, I really need to be critical about letting my child have social media, then I, I don't know what will. That's really good. And I I love your this is some real talk. This is some dad talk. This is some pastoral talk. I am imagining that even in your your ministry in your local church there, you see parents who this is the stories I get in the letters to the ministry. I'm 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 guessing it's similar in your situation as a pastor. Parents write into the ministry and they say, I thought that I had everything under control. Mm-hmm. I thought that I was monitoring things. Yada, yada, yada. Six, nine months goes by. And I find out that my kid's been looking at this pornographic content. Or mm-hmm. my daughter is now experiencing or talking about non-binary things. Or, That's right. Or being a lesbian or wondering if she's a lesbian. This is the common, this is, in my experience, almost the mm-hmm. default pathway. It, yeah. it, it, I don't know. I'd, I'd love to have you comment on that and what you've observed in your ministry. You, no, you're absolutely correct. We you know what we call this. I, I wrote an ebook, which we could uh, provide to your listeners. When they sign up for our free weekly email, they can get an ebook called Poisoned Candy. And the reason it's called poison candy is because it seems so sweet and so fine. And yet, like the Pied Piper, we we wonder why our children all of a sudden are just walk away to, to their own destruction at times um, because they've been fed this siren song. You see, uh, one of the things about consuming the content online is... Uh, without restriction, without our parents monitoring, because the days of Mr. Rogers are long gone. Parents need to understand it's a different digital realm that is out there. And there there are companies that they don't care about what happens to your child as long as your child is on the screen. You know, when you don't pay for something, you're the commodity, right? You're the consumer. And so uh, they are consuming your child's time, mind, and eyes and hands. But you're right. Let's let's talk about hours on a screen. Uh, it's estimated that children now spend anywhere between 6 to 14 hours. For Gen Alpha, in some socioeconomic demographics, it's up to 14 hours a day on a screen. And so if you think your child goes to church two hours a week, they go on Sunday, and then they go maybe once during the week for life group, let's make it three hours total, but they spend six to 14 hours a day on some sort of screen. And if they have, you have to get their phones out of their bedrooms, get the phone out of the bedroom. It cannot be in there with them, but think who's winning the messaging war. The question is, we say, somebody's always preaching to your child. What's the message? And if you're unaware, there is a poisonous ideology 
being fed to your children on a constant stream on a lot of these uh, once trusted media channels. Yeah. And I think that if we're thinking about just extending that out of like the, what are some of the threats, you know, what are the things that are coming in under the guise of entertainment, mm -hmm. but are really threatening our children. I think just to add to that is, you know, our kids are going to be discipled according to these things. Mm -hmm. If we're wondering why our child our eight-year-olds, I never, I've worked in apologetics for 30 years. Mm -hmm. It's only in the last five years that I start hearing about eight-year-olds telling their parents, I think I might be an atheist. I'm like, mm -hmm. what in the world has changed? Social mm -hmm. media, phones, yeah. mobile phones, eight-year-olds yeah. with mobile phones, okay? So if we're thinking about the threats, it's the sexual content, but mm -hmm. it's also the faith content. Mm -hmm. And if parents are wondering why they're seeing their kids struggle more with anxiety and disbelief and deconstruction, mm -hmm. I I think this is a major factor. I don't know if, what your thoughts are about that. No, absolutely. Like I said a minute ago about they're always being preached a message. The question is, what is that message? And so we find that all of a sudden something has grabbed our child's attention uh, and has held onto it for a long time. If if your ch child's on YouTube or YouTube Kids, I don't mean to keep going back to those, but there is open, unrestricted pornography on YouTube. There are instances of pornography or inappropriate sexual content on YouTube Kids. There is um, satanic content. And when I say satanic content, I mean the uh, a group that is a open group of satanists talking about their satanic worship rituals that's on youtube and it's unrestricted and uh and then we talk about what's on youtube kids which uh there's a channel called queer kids and on there it shows this is for groups kids as young as uh three to four uh, a male with a beard dressed in drag singing this song to the children in little blocks that the little blocks we used to use as kids to spell things out. It says drag in the front. And then there's another video, that same video, showing children how to put on their makeup in drag or how to dress and dance in drag. And so this is all on YouTube kids focused on the youngest of our children. Not only, it didn't slip in there, it's promoted as what is good. And so what happens is, like you said, our children are being exposed to this on hours and hours and hours of content and then all of a sudden as parents we think what happened but we didn't realize that the whole time uh they, they'd been they'd been, been fed this mm -hmm. and we would have done something had we known but uh, unfortunately most parents don't realize how dangerous it is yeah and you, we've you've mentioned youtube kids a few times and and also just trusted institutions i can't think of a more tr historically trusted institution for kids than Disney. Mm -hmm. And yet I'm sure that there's content even on that platform that causes oh, you concern. Well, I remember on Disney, they had, they've had a few ads uh, where the same drag queen, a male that operates as a drag queen that was in the animated blues clues um, pride parade where they had tens of different, they had numbers of different types of families. Like you mentioned, on Blue's Clues there, they had two daddies, 
three babas, three non-binaries, and it just keeps going down the line of different potential families that you could have. But then that drag queen was also in a number of commercials that come across uh, to youth um, of the youngest of ages about um, pride and dressing in drag. And now you know at Disney, at the uh, Fairy Godmother store at Disneyland, I believe, they had a male there dressed as a fairy godmother, as a female, uh, ushering the little girls along as they would go and become princesses. So the messaging can be very confusing, particularly when we hand this to our child and say, here, you can watch this. This is safe. Well, then by default, the child assumes then the messaging that's on there is also safe and appropriate. Right. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I've mentioned Disney before on my channel. People could go back and watch a podcast about the normalization of witchcraft. There's a show called Owl House. Um, I think it's still on the Disney channel and on the Disney platforms uh, for young kids, where it's just really following the adventures of a kid that wants to become a witch. And it really encourages kids to try to normalize witchcraft. Um, it right. so we have to be aware and it's not here's the thing though is that it's not always easy to just avoid these things mm -hmm. after a while you find yourself trying to kind of zig and zag all around in in avoiding That's certain right. things it can be exhausting and mm -hmm. so there's pros and cons to that like we want to encourage parents to vet what content their children are watching mm -hmm. and reading mm -hmm. and listen to. And yet we also kind of want to have a place where they can be safe and yeah. roam on their own and explore a little bit. And so, right. you know, there's, there's kind of this, this tension between those two things. Mm -hmm. So I want to ex kind of explore both of those a little bit is, so let's start with, I'd love to hear your opinion about why mm -hmm. you think parents should vet what their children are watching and reading and listening to. And then, you know, at what age do you kind of hand that baton off to them where you're taking a step back as a parent and mm -hmm. allowing them to walk in that responsibility? That's a great question. You know, uh, when I talk about good tube kids, that there's this imagery that we have as part of our logo, and it's this white picket fence, and then beyond that are some trees, and kind of this idea of a of a safe forest area where you can go and play and maybe fall down a little bit, uh, get a little banged up, but you are safe in this environment. I, I think of our backyard here in Alaska. You know, we have bears. We have bears on our front porch sometimes, or moose come through the neighborhood. And so what we did is we looked out in the backyard. We have a fence around the backyard. We see the playground. And I say, okay, this is a safe place. You can explore here. Uh, yeah, maybe you'll fall down in the gravel and maybe you'll get banged up on the slide, but uh, this is generally a safe place. And that's what parents had come to expect with uh, television or with the library, that their kid could go in there and explore something and they could learn and grow and, and be exposed to maybe some new ideas about around, around the world, but they were generally safe. They wouldn't run into pornography. They wouldn't run into things that were um, directly counter to what their parents were trying to teach them. And so as our youth grow, we need to do two things, protect and prepare. 
And so we know they're going to get exposed to things that go against our faith and values. So as they get exposed to that, it's critical that we're intentional and persistent, even though it's exhausting, to then have those discussions. Because you're right, as they turn into tweens, 12, 13, 14, they need to then learn how to um, avoid those websites, but they're not ready yet. They're absolutely not ready to do it on their own. As they get into the 16, 17 range, uh, we're going to need to let them go a little bit so that they can explore under our wing. Because when they turn 18, 19, all of a sudden now they have access to everything. And so we can't just protect them from everything because if we do that, then they'll kind of like baby birds. They won't know how to fly when they get out of the house and they can quickly fall into bad, uh, bad habits or online addictions. Um, So I would say the 16, 17, 18 range. By then, though, you should have had the discussions. You should have started to allow more freedom in order to then help them learn and catch them when they slip up. You know, if you use, we're in affiliate with a a group called Gab, and they have these phones where you can allow more privileges on the phones until they're ready to have their own kind of complete phone. Uh, but they certainly cannot have that at the youngest of ages. So for each family, for each child, uh, it's different, but it is a necessary path. You're going to have to diligently and persistent, intentionally walk. Yeah, as a parent of young adults, I co-sign everything Chris has said. And, um, you know, I think that for us, um, you have to be willing as a parent to put up with the whining and the the frustration, you know, if the kids phone, because there's a, there's a very common practice among teenagers and and teachers and coaches play into this is they want to send out group texts for announcements about the sports team, and if you don't have a smartphone, you can't be part of the group text. So when mm-hmm. our kids had dumb phones. Uh, they couldn't be part of the announcements. And there was a certain isolating effect that they felt like that had for them. And they wouldn't be able to be in group chats with their friends. And there were certain limitations to those dumb phones. And um, But I, I think that as parents, part of what we're doing is we're trying to save our children from a certain amount of their own foolishness. And to minimize, like, a child, the Bible, it shouldn't mm-hmm. surprise us as Christians, because the, the Bible tells us the foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. Part of what my husband and I did as parents was we're trying to help them not make choices that have, like, far-lasting consequences. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, we know you're going to make a certain amount of mistakes, We'll come alongside you. We'll help you. We'll be a tow truck. We'll help you get out of the ditch. We'll talk about consequences, all of that stuff. But when you talk about exposing a 12-year-old to pornography, that's a long-lasting consequence. And so if I have to put up with my child complaining about not having a mobile device, I've got to be stronger than that as a parent. And yeah. I did a podcast a few few weeks ago on brave parent brave parenting and all of that. And so people could go catch that where I 
have that little rant, but it's this is important because, like you said, we are trying to transition our kids from different seasons mm-hmm. of more protection, um, you know, deep protection, less protection, and then mm-hmm. transitioning them to like, okay, now you're an adult and you're gonna have to make some responsible choices. So, anyways, I'm just saying I agree with you. I'm co-signing. No, yeah, thank that. you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. I we one of the things I tell parents is don't tell your child that they can't have social media until they're 13, which is the um, COPA law, the Child Online uh, Protection Act. Don't tell your child that they can't have it until they're 13 because the law says so. Tell the child that they will have it when you allow it, because when they turn 13, all of a sudden, then they say, well, I can have it now. Right. Because you said it was the law. It's not a matter of the law. It's a matter of protecting you, and it's just too dangerous out there. And the child will never really realize how dangerous it is. I had to have these talks when I was a police officer with uh, children who thought, well, I'm grown. I can take care of myself. And I said, if these two grown men come in to take you, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. And it... it it had to be said that way because I had to wake up the child to to this idea that they would just fight or kick back or they could just get away um, because I give a talk. I give a talk called How to Protect Your Child Physically, Spiritually, and Emotionally in the Digital Age. And I talk about the real casualties. And I mean physical and spiritual, emotional casualty, scars, and loss of life that is happening at a more rapid pace because of access to devices. There, there's no study, I'll, I'll finish on that note, there's no study that shows that social media and access to device at a young age is good for a child. Every study shows to the counter. You, we have to protect our children. Yes and amen. If Krista ruled the world, children would not even have access to these devices until they were adults. Um, it it just I think it. Amen. There's there's really no study that says here's the positive benefits of these mm-hmm. devices. Um, it in, so many studies about it increasing depression, anxiety, um, isolation, and it impacts girls and boys differently. But um, mm-hmm. these are very real conversations that Christian parents, all parents, need to be aware of. So as we're thinking you- about these issues, part of it is the protection you know, all of that. But then what you're doing with good to kids right. is you're trying to create a positive force, a positive mm-hmm. environment of resourcing things to publish for kids and for resourcing for parents as well. Um, tell us about your platform and what you are trying to do there. Uh, thank you so much. I, I want to go back to one thing you said about how it affects women, uh, boys and girls differently. Unfortunately, on that note, the suicide rate for young females has increased exponentially over the past uh, 15 years or so. And a lot of that has to do with the social pressures they're seeing with the growth of um, phones and social media. It is, it's really hurting our children. So I, I just want parents to hear that it's uh, causing a higher growth in suicide rate for boys as well, but there's a direct correlation to access to screens and suicide ideation, depression, or, or unfortunately suicide. So 
please hear us when we say that, that it, it's serious. On a different note, though, you asked me about the platform, and that brings a smile to my face. You know, so often parents are told, get your kids off screens, get your kids off screens, get your protect your children. And they end up feeling like there's no options. I, I know like, as a parent. what's the alternative? It is, exactly. You know, and then what is the, what could be redeemed about this technology? And that's, and that's great thing you say that, you know, I hold my phone up if I had it right here. And a phone is a tool. And a tool can be used for good or for evil. And so at GoodTube Kids, we said, let's take back some of the social realm. Let's take back that digital, I mean, the digital realm. Let's take that back for good. And let's create a place where youth of all ages from zero to 18 can go and they can explore content that is edifying, that that reinforces the Christian values and faith that we are working so hard to teach them at home, at school, um, at church. But on the other hand, our children need to be able to explore the world about food and cooking and audiobooks and art and fitness and future careers. And not each of those is an episode of VeggieTales. Nothing against VeggieTales. I'm just saying that there's a lot more that our youth do want to explore and they should be able to. They deserve a safe place to be able to listen to audiobooks without worrying about what the library might recommend next or to watch a video about how to draw or how to cook or how to weld or how to get into shape. And not having to worry about the next ad or the next thumbnail or the next video. And so that you, you're right, you've given them a place where they can explore in a safe environment. And so that's what we sought to do and are doing at GoodTube Kids. We have decided to create an entirely new platform founded on Proverbs 22.6. To train up a child the way they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. And that means every arena of life. I can see our our... Um, home page there. And we have a video that talks about the war uh, for our children's hearts and minds. And that's why I left the FBI's because I felt that the greatest threat that we're in right now is this battle for the hearts and minds of our children. And there was no time to wait there. There was no time to wait because I'm as much doing this for my own son as I am for your for your child and for the other uh, parents who are listening out there and for those who will be parents one day or have young children, I'm, I want to create a place where they can find the best wide variety of educational and entertaining content uh, and you never have to worry about what they might see or hear next. And so that was the uh, that's the mission behind GoodTube Kids. That's what we're working towards every day. And we are so looking forward to serving families as we grow, like you said. We're in our freshman year, and I have learned so, so much. My background was kicking in doors and working counterterrorism cases, uh, not children's media, not social platform, not creating a platform and social media and creating videos. But, you know, I tell you, Krista, I know two things. I know how to fight, and I know what's right, and God's going to take care of the rest for us. He's going to guide us and help us and give us the energy um, to do this monumental task as parents come alongside and support us. Well, I love it that you're all in. I mean, you left your job, you, 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 you have everything on the line, your back's up against the wall and you're like, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to be a stand. I'm going to be a stake in the ground for 
uh, something better for a better way. And you're you're a startup. You're trying to get going. You're learning as you go. I think that there's a lot of good in that. I love your your posture. I love your position and what you're Thank up you. to. Tell us about how membership works and what sure. parents get. Talk about even the parenting resources. We've talk, focused a lot on the kids, but I know you're also trying to resource parents. Oh, thank you so much. You're right. Our, our mission is twofold, to create a safe place for kids and to create a resource for parents all in one place. And so, you know, as a, as a subscription, it's $10 a month. And that goes to building out the platforms. We're on, Am we're on Apple and Android of the Play Stores, so parents can download us on their tablets and phones. But we're going to be on Roku and Amazon Fire so that they can watch it at, at home on their televisions together. And uh, we have about 13,000 minutes worth of content now, and we're growing every day. And then uh, for parents, we are really working to create a trusted site for parents. And the first thing we do is we send out a free weekly newsletter so parents can start there. Uh, they don't have to be a subscriber. It certainly helps when they subscribe to um, support us. But they uh, can start to get a newsletter where uh, we send out each week resources that are for training uh, that are things in the news that you should know about that are uh, partners that we're working with that are new additions to our site for youth. And then we also have uh, what we're building is our Good Tube Kids Network. And we're adding all of these great partnerships that we have. We're adding those partners to that website so that parents can say, oh, I saw um, this video and I like the company and that company has a book that you can buy or uh, a little character, or I'd like to support one of these partners, well, people can go there and they can find those resources. And also, they can look at particular resources like, where do I look up a movie? How do I find out about the next movie that came in? Well, plugged in from Focus on the Family, an excellent resource. Or where do I find a phone? Because my child's traveling now with a sports team. Well, they can go to Gab. Or where do I find some good books? I want to put my hand on some books. Where do I find those books? Well, they can go to Brave Books. And so these are all different groups that we work with. And uh, just like Theology Mom, uh, we've uh, highlighted your work there. And we've said, hey, parents, here's a podcast that's coming out. And you need to listen to this because it's going to help you equip and protect and prepare your children. So as we build all of this out uh, day by day, we're just starting to, to grow um, as a service to families uh, to help them protect and prepare their kids. Very good. And I want to encourage pastors and Christian school principals out there, if you're watching this stream, and I want to encourage all of you to share this stream with your pastor, with your Christian school administrator, your co-op, mm -hmm. homeschool co-op leader, director, to approach Chris uh, for ideas about group memberships. Um, right. Again, he's, he's an emerging platform. He's a startup, but all of you who are always like, what's the alternative? What's the alternative? Okay, here's an idea for an alternative. But liberals are great at getting behind startups. They will fund something up the wazoo. For, and conservatives, Christians, we're not always great with that. Something in our spirit, we want everything to just be perfect or look exactly the way that we want it to. Here's your opportunity to be at stake with Chris in pushing back the darkness and offering an alternative. So talk to Chris, reach out to him about group membership, like get your church platform so that your members 
Your families can get resourced through Good Tube Kids. Your families at your Christian school, yeah. your families in your homeschool co-op. Reach out to Chris. He wants to work out some deals with people to just That's resource right. as many Christian families as possible as he's also building out his platform. And um, I hope you get inundated with with emails, Chris. So tell us how people can find you Thank and you. follow you and all of that. Thank you so much. Yeah, we have a really great deal that we're working with, um, particularly private uh, Christian uh, schools. And uh, we have a really beneficial deal for them that's groundbreaking that I think if they reach out to us, they can find out how uh, they can become an affiliate in churches as well. And they can all go to goodtubekids.com, good, and then tube, uh, T-U-B-E, kids.com. And they can find out more about us there. Uh, I'll I think you'll probably have in a link here uh, where they can sign up for our email. Uh, and when they sign up for our email, they'll stay abreast of the latest issues. They can also get their first month free with that link at goodtubekids.com to try us out. And, you know, there are probably parents out there or pastors that uh, their kids have grown up and uh, there's maybe grandparents listening. And, you know, a lot of folks support us as well. Uh, they support us through our website there. There's a way to give one time or to give on a, a recurring basis. And all of it goes back to helping the youth, uh, to fighting the good fight, fighting for what's good. And so thank you so much for you championing us, but just reach out to us uh, through goodtubekids.com and uh, we're there. We're here to serve families and to fight the good fight. Very good. Now, I think I've seen on your platform, you're working on some videos like about camping or fishing or something. That's right. Are yeah. you getting some good outdoorsy things so happening good. up there in Alaska? Oh, we are. You know, we just went on a, one of the videos you see there is kind of a pilot. And we go out and we're hiking in Alaska and we run into a moose. And so we talk to kids about being safe around these huge, majestic creatures. And then uh, another video we just put together was a duck hunt we did. And so we went out and we take the youth all the way from, going out, how to be safe, firearm safety, setting out the decoys, harvesting the ducks, cleaning the ducks, and then getting to eat the ducks. And they see this whole process. And we just filmed one on halibut fishing with a uh, pastor, Josh, a friend of mine at our church. And uh, we'll be working to edit that so kids can see what it's like to go out into Alaska and how to take these halibut. And then one day we'll cook those as well. And golly, everything under the sun we're putting underneath there. We have and that's just good tube studios. That's the thing that we're putting together. But then we have partnerships with um, Brinkman Adventures and audiobooks and art and um, puppetry and crafts. And it's there's so much to explore there and it's growing every day. So definitely outdoor adventure, in- indoor adventure and skills and crafts and hobbies. Uh, I'm really proud of what we put together and, and where we're headed. Very cool. So if people have ideas for content, or maybe there might even be some potential content generators out yes. there, uh, yeah. reach out to Chris as well. You know, maybe you've got a special skill in woodworking and you think you have good camera presence. Yes. You know, yep. maybe you can partner with good tube kids uh, Great to idea. create um, more content and multiply the effort. Body of Christ, we've got to come together. We can't just expend all our energy complaining. We've got to put some energy into building and redeeming because that is truly what it means to be part of the kingdom of God. 
Uh, thank you so much, Chris, for hanging out with me for a little while and telling us about your good work. Thank you so much for having me and, and for championing this cause. You know, we're all working together. Uh, we're working together to glorify the kingdom and God and to serve these families. And I really appreciate my time here. I hope to come back sometime and uh, to give an update and to talk about other topics that can help the families that you serve. Definitely. And we will have you back and maybe we can talk about some FBI conspiracy theories. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> All right. Take care, brother. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Well, family, this has been a great conversation. What a little bit more on the practical side, but what I love about it is I love to champion people who are trying to do something new. They're trying to, to do something different, to push back against the darkness I love creativity. I'm not going to lie. I love people who um, have creative solutions and ideas. And so for that reason, I wanted to highlight uh, the effort that Chris is putting in there and his team at GoodTube Kids to build out that platform. I also want to just share a word with you about the importance of this topic from a discipleship standpoint. I know we live in really hard times and the darkness can feel overwhelming sometimes. And it is exhausting as a parent. I hear you. Um, being a parent, there, I always say that the days can be long, but when you look back, you'll see that the years are very short. And what I want to encourage you with is that as you're thinking about how your kids are interacting with social media or with screens, don't ever let it be a substitute for you spending time with your kids. Your kids need you more than you can ever imagine. And I think that one of the most sad things that I see is younger parents struggling to know how to just hang out with their kids and giving them screens almost as a substitute for interacting with them. I'm begging you as a Christian parent, as a parent of young adults, please don't do that. Please don't succumb to that temptation. If your kid is spending three hours a day, six hours a day, 10 hours a day on screens, weigh that out with how much time that they are spending in the word of God, how much time they are spending in face-to-face -face communication with you at meals or talking about their day. Their minds are being shaped by what they experience. And if the majority of their experiences is screens, even if the content is good and redeeming, that will shape them. But what will shape them even more is the relationship and the face-to-face -face eye contact that you have with them. That is what creates a relationship. Create a relationship with your kids so that when they become adults, they still want to hang out with you. They still want to go do fun things with you. In the season that I'm in as a, as a parent with young adult kids, I love it that our daughter still comes home. I love it that my husband and took, took the girls to see their cousin the other day and they went out for ice cream together or that the girls still love to play games with their dad. These are important parts of relationship building. As Christian parents, we want to be parenting for the long term, for the long haul. Don't ever let screens become a substitute 
for the relationship. With that, I say God bless you and good day. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to subscribe to the Theology Mom podcast and add your review. You can also follow Krista at Theology Mom on Facebook and YouTube. Join Krista for more theology adventures on the All The Things Show, co-hosted with Monique Dusan. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.